Why not? A queer podcast. Hi, everybody. I'm Rick Todd. And I'm Jeremy Williams, and you're listening to Why Why Not? A Queer Podcast. Episode 26. Nothing Uh, exciting to say about the number 26. No, Uh, except for I have a friend who uh, used that number as his age for six years in a row. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's how many... um... What's well, how many letters are in the alphabet? That's true. Isn't it something else to do with DNA? Isn't like that's how many? Hmm. I'm gonna sound like an idiot right now. <laughs> like, there's like 26 like pairs of chromosomes or something. 36. Or, or genes or something. 36. I don't know. Is there any biology majors out there that listen to our podcast? Can you Is just there shoot a us bi- an email? Biology major listening to yeah. the podcast so as you listen to this podcast if there's something you want to say if you agree with us on some of our opinions if you if you if you think we're crazy if you think we talk about stupid shows you want us to talk about something you think is cool just shoot us an email it's wwn at watermarkonline.com that's for wine why not wwn at watermarkonline.com average 23 pairs of chromosomes a total of 46 on average <laughs> but yeah i mean there's variation so there probably is someone with 26 pairs probably yeah so what are you drinking today? And they are just as valid as everyone else. 100%. Ron DeSantis. <laughs> anyway, I'm drinking, um, and I know this is going to um, make some people laugh who listen to this, um, but I am currently drinking the most expensive bottle of wine that I have purchased, at least for this podcast, uh, but maybe within the last 10 years. <laughs> I do not drink expensive wine. Um, but this is, uh, this was a, a BOGO sale. Um, uh, it's, uh, I believe it was $28, 26 or $28. Yes, 27 and change. Um, per bottle, but a buy one, get one. So I got a half off. Um, but it's called Ventriloquist. Oh my God, so, your lips didn't move when you said that. It's the wine. <laughs> does the wine turn you into a Ventriloquist? It sure does. Um, but yeah, it's a Ventriloquist from Lake County, California. Uh, it's a delicious Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, the buy one, get one, there were two kinds. There's this and a red blend. So I grabbed the red blend. I'll try that maybe next week. Um, but, uh, just a real quick, quick read of the label. The rich, bold, and generous voice of Cabernet Sauvignon Mountain grown grapes from the Lake County, California, Appalachian. That's not the Appalachians. I'm reading that word wrong. Everything that you're saying doesn't make sense. Uh, Blah, blah, blah. Pleasure by teaming up with this intense red wine. Blah, blah, blah. Right black cherry. Blah, blah, blah. Long finish. (laughs) Ventriloquist. Pick a bottle up near you. It's kind of like this podcast. It's a a long finish. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because something we're going to talk about later, I wrote a note comparing it to our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, so, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it's a delicious wine, uh, and, uh, I am already I'm glad enjoying, you're enjoying it. Yes. Cause sometimes when you go out on a limb that they're not that good. Mm. Agreed. Agreed. And this is teaching me, maybe I should loosen up those purse strings and, uh, uh, splurge on a bottle of wine every once in a while. Cause this is much better than the $6 bottles, uh, that I bought that tastes like vinegar. So. <laughs> You know, I had, um, I think I've been talking about alcohol so much lately. I, I, don't, I don't know. I've, so Have I've you met, developed a craving? I, I've met some, there's someone new that has entered into my life. Uh, it's through somebody, uh, a friend, a friend who's dating somebody. And I realized this thing. Wait, 
how secretive? Who's this new friend? <laughs> no, it's... Uh, there's someone I know who knows someone. No, it, it's just it's just to say, um, I often... Like, I often make jokes about, like, oh, I don't want to make, like, I don't want to make new friends. I don't want to make new friends. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, there's there's a hint of truth behind that. And it's just, it's weird. And it's just because whenever I meet somebody new, at some point in the conversations, my not drinking becomes a topic of conversation. And it's like whether, I've been sober almost eight years. Yeah. And so, but I'm having the same conversations that I've had for eight years when I meet somebody new. And I'm like, and you know, you get those questions. It's like, you know, so you can't drink at all, you know, mm-hmm. or you can't. And it's just, it's just, you know, it's like, no, I, know, I understand this is new to you, but it's eight years yeah. for me. Everything's it's fine. Because you hear conversations like that in the business we're in, in the community that we're in. Um, that you you're always coming out. It's not you come yeah. out once. You're always coming out. And it's the same thing if you're in um, not remission. That's cancer. That's <laughs> what they call it. It's uh, recovery. When you're in recovery, yes. you're always coming out to people. Right. Yeah. And sometimes it's in a in a this was this was completely friendly and fine and it was fine conversations. Um, but it just it just kind of reminded me of that. And so it's made this conversation come up. And because it's come up. Um, I, I had a dream last night that got trashed. Oh, <laughs> it was it was hilarious in the dream because I try, you know, you try to find ways to explain why it's okay that you're having a drink. And um, at first, it was like somebody's like, I ordered a drink, and I forget what it was. I feel like it was probably like some kind of strawberry daiquiri kind of a thing, which you know is weird because they don't really serve that at a lot of bars. And that somebody's like are you drinking? And I was like, no, it's not alcoholic. And they're like, I can smell the alcohol. And I was like, I think one's okay. <laughs> you know, like, in your I, dream? Yeah, like, I'm not oh. going to get kicked out of... of That's of, weird that you're being judged in your dream. I know. This is my dream. It's my subconscious, I guess, saying don't Ooh. drink. But it was funny. I, 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 every six months or so, I'll have this, like, crazy dream. Sometimes I wake up from the dream, and I'm like, did I have a drink? Mm. That's really weird. Sleepwalker. Sleep drinker. <laughs> That's what you do. What if I was? I'll just blame it on that. I'll go out at night and get trashed. That I'll say. You know, I've often thought when I wake up, because obviously uh, we're all getting older, uh, and I am uh, I'm a bigger guy. So I wake up with aches and pains. And there are times when I'm in so much pain, i just staring up at the ceiling in bed, and I'm thinking, did I sleepwalk out and get in a fight with someone? <laughs> it's just my whole body just aches, and it's like, I don't want to move. My knees break, crack. My back hurts, and I'm like, I feel like I was, like, street fighting people while I slept. I should set up a camera to see if it's always you know what's interesting to me. I have rheumatoid arthritis, and so I go to a rheumatologist every three months just to make sure everything's okay. I'm completely fine. I could play softball as well as I can have ever been able to play softball, uh, and I work out. Everything's fine. Um, but uh, they'll ask me questions like, when you get out of bed, are your joints sore? And I'm like, I, I, at what point is my age a factor yeah. in, in my answering that question? I never know how to answer that. Yeah. Um, going back to dreams real quick. Um, it's funny that you mentioned dreams. I had a weird dream last night. Um, and it was a very short dream. Um, but I, I, maybe it was tied to, like you, it was, you know, you were, something was on my mind. Um, I had a dream that I had an affair with Pete Buttigieg. Ooh. It was very weird. And we were, I was working on his campaign. And uh, uh, we, he was speaking on stage and I was behind stage and he came back and he said, where's Chaston? 
who is his husband for those of you who don't know that as like he left he had to go do something so he said good and then we started making out and then i woke up but i was like oh my god i'm having an affair in my dreams with people to judge um that's hilarious to me and i'm gonna tell you why <laughs> this doesn't sound bad. No, no. But in my mind, Pete Buttigieg is, is tiny. In my, I don't, I have never met him. And, I have, and I you're have very person. tall. Yeah. I am, in my mind, he, yeah, he's like 5'2, five, 5'3. Five, I have no idea. I, how yeah, tall I he imagine is. that it's a lot like watching a Great Dane in a teacup <laughs> chihuahua. Go ahead. Uh,. I don't watch pornography, but if I did, um, <laughs> I did. Just for the record, I don't watch canine pornography. Uh, no, I was um, I was scrolling through a particular website, and I came across a video of this um, uh, porn star. His name's Austin Wolf, and he's tall. He's very. I don't know his exact height, but he's very tall. He's very muscular. So I clicked on one of his clips, and you, on certain websites, if you click on their name, it brings up all of their videos. And that man has a ton of videos of him performing with little people. And it's the weirdest thing because he, like, picks them up and he's carrying them like they're children. And I'm like, no! <laughs> like, clicking out of it, like, the FBI's going to knock on my door. I'm like, Mr. Wolf, you need to... You need to rethink some things. But he's just carrying them around like two, three foot little people. Um, bunch of videos on various websites I accidentally stumbled across. I, uh, I, I, uh, I was going to talk about this later, but I'll just say it now. Uh, when we talk about what we do this week, one of the things that I did all week, because I'm running out of TV shows to watch, is I started watching Out TV's Go-Go Dancer competition. Oh, yeah. And they're in season two, there's a guy on there, his name is King Dwarf, and he's a little person who does um, all of It's very sexualized. So you're talking lap dances, pole dances, uh, strip tease and heels and that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Um, it, it, apparently Google can't get a good consensus of how tall Pete Buttigieg is, but he is somewhere between 5'8 and 5'9. So oh, wow, that. he's tall. Taller than, than me. I, taller than I thought he was. I'm the I'm the teacup chihuahua yeah. in this um, situation. Well, not. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, no. You are not. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, I am still the Great Dane, but he's like uh, he's like a golden retriever. Yeah, yeah, or uh, yeah, a puggle. No, they Puzzles still are cuddly. Too small. Was he, was he, he sounds very aggressive, though, in your dream. He Buddha judge? He was. Um, which I'm not against. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was an officer in the military, and I was um I was just a lonely sergeant, so I oh, did, I would have to follow he is his your orders, commander. Mr. Buddha Judge. <laughs> is he on your list? Your your laminated list? He is. He is. I know that he's you know what it is? Um he does a couple of things that reminds me of one of my exes that um, I just, I feel like I'm bonded now to the Buddha judge. Um, but he does this thing. And you'll, if you notice when he talks, he curls his upper lip when he's talking. And I think it's when he gets irritated. And I dated a guy. Um, his name was Jeff. And whenever we would argue and I could tell he was getting irritated with me, he would curl his upper <laughs> lip. And whenever I see Pete do it, I was like, mm, Jeff, you must have pissed him off this morning. That's a weird thing. I think that happens to me. And oh, I, really? I don't know what, like, it's like my lip gets stuck to my teeth. 
and yeah. and my lip won't move and I get really angry. What's funny is growing up, I would curl both my lips in between my teeth. So I would do this. When, and my brother would know that I was angry. And, Nobody can see that except for you. Yeah, like you would get angry like a cartoon. I would. And then you would hear. And then steam would come from my yeah. ears. I would turn bright red. And then uh, I would turn into a donkey. <laughs> Remember those cartoons when someone was acting like an ass, but you couldn't say ass in a cartoon? So they just turned into a donkey? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, good time. Why do donkeys get such a bad rap? They're very useful. They are. Why are they asses? They can carry a lot. Yeah. On their asses. <laughs> anyway, do anything fun this weekend or this week? Um, I did. I did. Uh, I got to spend some time with family. Oh, nice. And catch up. Uh, met my brother's new girlfriend. Ooh, um, is she he, nice? Very nice. Well, I guess you have to say that. Um, because you're on podcast. Joey, Joey listens to this, so she is super nice. The best girl I have ever met in my life. Oh, I mean, she's this still, is your brother that's moving Joey, in with you. Just, yeah, just uh, oh, I really uh, recently like got a Good divorce. And um, they uh, they came over um, and hung out a little bit. Um, and um, yeah, they're, they're super nice. And, oh my gosh, is she going to break up with him now because she's going to be the topic of conversation on a podcast? No, 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 no. <laughs> she doesn't listen to this. No, if she does, she's very nice. She's, yeah, she's lovely, lovely, and, lovely. And Joey's wonderful, so Joey it's is good to see him happy. He is. Um... Other than that, I um, continued on my um, uh, rebuilding uh, of my life. And by that, I mean rebuilding my Legos. Um, <laughs> with the move, I had to put them I was like getting all excited. Like, oh, I can't wait to hear. What are you, your new what's life your plan? Changed. I am rebuilding my oh. Lego life. But I had to break everything down for the move. And um, so it's just a slow rebuilding process to, to find time. I was going to do some of it last week, but the AC was out. Um, and the last thing I want to do when it's 95 degrees in my house is to sit around and uh, intricately put pieces of plastic together. Um, but so I'm rebuilding that. But also to to to, to help you with uh, that perkiness, I'm also rebuilding my personal life. Um, I saw my doctor last week. Oh, nice. And I, um, I have some health problems that she'd like me to get under control. Uh, I have high cholesterol and I have high blood pressure. Um, and she's like, I need you to fix those. Also, she says you're morbidly obese, so I'd like you to fix that too. And I was like, Yes, this, this is a new doctor. It is, it is. Um, I go through. I, I'm a veteran, so I go through the VA. Thank you for your service. Uh, you're very welcome. Uh, uh, Why are we laughing at that? I don't. I find it. I have a very weird um, relationship with the thank you for your service because it feels weird to me. It's like, yeah. I just went and did my job. You're like, if you're going to thank me, thank me with a free grandson breakfast at Denny's. You know, I would not say no to that. Well, now I would because but I'm on a health journey and I can't have best, What's the best um, freebie freebie that you get for being a veteran? Uh, free ticket to SeaWorld every year. Ooh. Veterans get one free ticket to SeaWorld. Okay. Any veterans listening who are going to try this. Prior to COVID, I have not tried this since COVID. Prior to COVID. SeaWorld, um, and in, in connection, Bush Gardens also, because it's owned by SeaWorld, um, would give you a free one free ticket every year. Um, That's really nice of Yeah, them. yeah. So um, going to SeaWorld, you know what? I need to see if Legoland does that. If Legoland does that, that's how I will celebrate Veterans Day every year. I'll go to Legoland. Uh, just just information for you. Yeah. I have an annual pass, so. To Legoland? No, to oh. SeaWorld. Mm. Um, yeah, well, when I get my free pass, uh, we'll go. I don't think I would... <laughs> Legoland would have to pay me to go. <laughs> I couldn't yeah. just get in for free. 
I'd have to be reimbursed for the gas to get I understand. There. The the thing is, um I would not go to Legoland for the rides. I'm not a theme park ride person. I'm more of a show guy. Um, but they have amazing Lego sculptures. Like they have at uh, Disney Springs. Um, also, they have a huge Lego store there that has um, Lego uh, sets that have been retired. They still sell them there. So I can go get Lego sets that I, uh, I can't get anywhere else. So that's one of the reasons why I want to go. Um, spend money to get a ticket to go in there to spend more money. Which I guess is a theme park anyway. Um, but anyway, so yes, getting on my health kick, uh, gotta get healthy. So I have implemented two new things this week that, uh, are going to help, hopefully. Uh, one of them is, um, I bought a huge bag of chia seeds and I'm just pouring them on everything. I just pour some <laughs> in my water. Uh, because a, a study recently came out that said people who ate, uh, two teaspoons of chia seeds every day, their cholesterol went down up to 10 points within one week. Really? Yes. Apparently, these chia seeds are, mag- are are magic fruit or seeds. I wonder because you know my my cholesterol is slightly elevated, but I feel like I eat chia seeds all the time. Do you? But I maybe I maybe I don't eat them as much as I do. when I make like uh, overnight oats and things mm-hmm. like that. I'll put them in that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I I used them the last four days, and we'll see. Um, also, something I don't now. Do you, I'm, okay. I'm curious about this because yeah. they're. They're crunchy seeds, but if you put them in overnight oats overnight, they absorb whatever. They absorb the water and they turn gelatinous. Yes. So what do you put them in? Um, I put, okay, so um, this morning I have an oatmeal bread that I made that's made with all these um, ingredients that are supposed to, oats and Greek yogurt um, and walnuts, things that are supposed to lower, help lower cholesterol. I made cholesterol lowering oat bread. So I put a little bit of water. It's delicious. It wasn't bad. It's not actually, bad. It's not I bad. sprinkled some dark chocolate chips in it, and it actually made it really good because dark chocolate also helps lower your blood pressure. This is all Google. But, I, does, my it, doctor but does it raise your cholesterol? No, dark chocolate does not raise okay. your cholesterol. So um, I put some chia seeds in some water, and it turned gelatinous, and then I spread it on the bread like a butter. Oh. And it was. It, it has no taste. I mean, it's just gelatinous chia seeds. Um, which sounds disgusting, but it has no flavor. Yeah. Um, so that's how I did it. I had, um, soup for lunch today. I put some in the soup and they turned gelatinly, gelatinous Um, and it made it more like a stew. It thickened up the broth, which, huh. uh, so a couple of different ways. That sounds good. Um, I, I like also, a thick soup. I do too. I was talking with, uh, with some of my coworkers today, aka my interns, and, um, we were talking about. Uh, soups and stews. And I was like, I prefer a stew over a soup. So this helps. Um, the other thing I implemented was, uh, and you're a child of the 80s, so you'll appreciate this. Um, all of Jane Fonda's aerobics are on YouTube. Um, the famous Jane Fonda tapes. And so I was looking up some, you know, aerobics I can do in the house to, to, to get up and get my, my heart rate up. And she has a um, low impact Jane Fonda aerobics. And I've been doing that for four days, and it is fantastic. I can see why all the ladies in the 80s love doing this. I'm going to need you to put a video of you doing this on our page. Okay, I will... I'm going to wait till I lose a little weight because I don't want to look like this on camera. But when I lose a little weight, I will lead our listeners in a Jane Fonda low impact. I imagine there's one where like you're you're on your hands and knees and you kick your leg out or something like we that. We talked about that earlier. Uh, <laughs> you did? 
Oh, the, we did. The other videos. Oh. <laughs> um, whenever you have to do an exercise like that, mm -hmm. it happens to me when I go to this boot camp thing that I go to because I'm slightly overweight. Um, well, I mean, I think I'm being nice to myself. I'm kind of, I'm a little bit overweight. Well, you're just a little chubby. When you, no, when you get on all fours like that, gravity takes effect. It's yeah. just all sex. Now you want nobody seeing that. That's mm -hmm. why I don't do yoga. It's like, nobody needs to see this doing yoga. Yeah. If I'm going to get down on all fours and look like I have udders, it will just be me and the gentleman <laughs> who enjoys a good chubby what a, chase. <laughs> what, what a visual. <laughs> use, I'm doing my Jane Fonda's with my udders swinging in the if air. If you're going to use the word udders, that is, that is definitely to paint a picture. <laughs> uh, anyway, how was your week? Uh, you know, Any Jane Fonda udder stories? Uh, no, my week was... Utterly fantastic. Um, so my my bathroom renovation saga continued. I think yes. I talked last week about having to rebuild Shit the left. ceiling and all that kind of stuff. So I thought once the ceiling's done and in place, the rest of it's going to be easy. Sure. We'll just put that shiplap on the on the on the the wall, put everything back together. It'd be great. But no, there's a problem. His, his but this is all technical, like words i think talk to me bob Vila. like um, a, a rough in it when i'm talking about toilets is the distance from the wall i'm gonna stop you there <laughs> i know what the rough end on a toilet is <laughs> uh i've delivered i've delivered a rough in once once or twice in my day in my drinking uh, days now it's like the distance from the wall to the bolts in the ground okay. that you screw the toilet into sure it's called a rough end, and standard is about twelve inches now, right? A twelve inch rough end. <laughs> you speak in my language. We do, not, <laughs> we do not have the maturity for this conversation. So then, um, but when you when we put the shiplap up and on top of the drywall, it only gave us ten inches. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on, ten inches in bad. So, you know, you, never mind. Go ahead. So we, <laughs> so we had to buy a new toilet. To fit, right? Which is an expense I didn't expect to have. So we yeah. put, so we got to do that. Let me ask you a quick question about the toilet you bought. Because um, as a bigger guy, um, there's two type standard shapes of toilets. You have the round toilet and you have the oval toilet. As a big guy, I appreciate the oval shaped toilet. Which one did you get? It's oval. Oh, good. Yeah, I appreciate that too. Yeah. Um, My old apartment I used to live in had tiny round toilets. Mm. And it, it doesn't feel right. It's, it, it causes a more than a 12-inch rough end. Yeah. I don't feel like that is a a useful tool for most people. No, I don't feel yeah. like like all aspects of what that is used for fit in, in, exactly. a, in a tight yes. circle. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like putting a, yeah, putting a square peg in a circle. It doesn't work. So anyway... Um, we get the we get the new toilet, so we pull the old one out, and you know I don't, have you ever have you ever uh, changed the toilet before? Not at all. Yeah. So this is there's a thing. So the bolts that come up out of the ground, they're mm -hmm. attached to this thing. It's called a phalange, right? And a I phalange. Yeah, like like a Regina phalange or the thing on the airplane that was broken, that made. I hope you put extra in your bathroom. <laughs> that was it. That made Rachel get off the plane. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, they, they go down into this plastic thing and then you move them and that, that plastic thing holds them. Well, half of the phalange was broke. Mm. 
And so there was nothing. So it was a, a they used like a, a mason screw. Was this something that was already in. broke or broke yeah, already broke, oh. already broke. And so they, when they had put the old toilet in, they had just screwed a mason screw into the to the concrete. So when we pulled it out, I mean, it was so long ago and so old that 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 concrete collapsed around it coming out. So then we we were back and forth at Home Depot like eight times trying to find the. This is how this is how many times we went back. We go back to customer service to return because I, I decided that I was going to say we're going to we're going to investigate 10 ways to secure this toilet and we're going to buy everything we need. And then we're going to start with what we think is going to work the most and work our way down the list and yeah. return everything else. So we had we had gone back uh, and we had made it work. And so we were taking the other seven ways we were going to do this back. And the lady at the customer service desk, she's like, weren't you just here? And I was, we were like, yeah, we were just here. I said, but you know, it's trial and error. You know, we're having a, we're doing some renovation. We're having trouble with it. And so we're just, you know, returning what, what we didn't need. And we're just having, so we were just having problems. And she goes, maybe that's a sign. Oh my God. Can you believe that? She was not even kidding. And so then, like, of course, Dylan and I thought. A sign to what? You should just not have a toilet in your house? <laughs> right. So, so we were. We started laughing because we thought she was joking. So then Dylan goes into this detailed explanation of what we're doing oh, while she's doing the changes. And she didn't even look up. She didn't make I got and I just finally went, please don't. She is not listening to you and she does not care. And she didn't even look up to that. She just here you she's go. probably checking in. She's like, mm-hmm, that's right. But now the lady at the checkout, because we bought something else, she was cute. Because yeah. we got there and she was like the, le- the 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 third or fourth time we were there, she had already acknowledged oh, seeing us. Yeah. So this time, she looks at us. She's like, "I go back again." We're like, "Yeah." She's like, "Well, y'all have a good night for the fifteenth time," <laughs> and we just laugh. Y'all spend so much time at Home Depot, they're gonna think y'all are lesbians. <laughs> oh, I wish that was a perfect segue, but that's for later. We'll talk about lesbians. Oh later. yeah. Um. So that's basically it. It is done. Finally finished. I saw the photos on Facebook. Beautiful. They look really good. It's beautiful. It's good. It's very, I would feel very comfortable delivering a rough end. In yeah. Uh, so I did that. And then I kind of always talk, talked about, I watched that Google Wars thing on Out TV. Yeah. It was just, it's like this, I get addicted to these things. And yeah. I, there's, I, we've, and we've talked about this a little bit. Um, there's some, um, we'll call them fringe networks. Uh, Out TV is one. Uh, and one that Facebook really wants me to watch, it keeps advertising me, is Here TV. And they're both LGBT-focused um, uh, streaming services. And um, I think that you've been looking throughout TV, and I've been looking at Here TV, thinking of getting it. And um, there's there's some entertainment, and I use air quotes around that, <laughs> that these streaming services are putting out, that it's like, how are you able to get people to pay you to do these shows. Like, I I should be able to sell a, a show, no problem, to one of these streaming services. One might think. One might think. Because I can write shit better. That we, we, you, you put a shiplap together better than the shit that's on uh, your TV. <laughs> oh, maybe maybe Dylan and I could do a, a renovation show on it. Oh, TV. That'd yeah. be fun. Um, so, then, so that happened, but then what's... When we, like I mentioned that um, there was somebody new that I was yes. interested in, in, introduced to and that kind of thing. So it's my husband's friend's boyfriend. And so they all came over. Oh. They all came over to watch 
to, to have dinner. They're super nice. I really, I really like them. So they came over to watch TV, and we were going to watch a movie. So we watched Guardians of the Galaxy three. Very nice. I, I, I actually really love that show. I am a big fan of the Galaxy, the Guardian of the Galaxy movies. Um, I'm a Marvel Cinematic Universe fan anyway, but uh, the Guardian films are some of my favorites. Yeah. Um, and I think it's James Gunn is, if you haven't seen any of his other movies, check out some of it. He used to do like um, horror comedy type stuff back before he started doing the Guardian movies. And he's got uh, he's got a, a, a really wicked sense of humor that I enjoy. I enjoy it. It, it, it was actually, yes, it's actually sad. I mean, it's my, I'm an animal lover, so it mm. made me cry a couple of times, but not this. I mean, I, this is the second time I've seen it, so I kind of like left the room when it got sad. But I thought it was super sad. Yeah, I have been told um, by animal obsessed humans, <laughs> and we'll get more into that later. Um, that uh, they cried at this one, and I was like, "Oh, it was sad, but I didn't cry." And then they're like, "You're an animal, a monster. You don't care about." raccoons i guess it was it's a it's a wonderful movie i just don't understand all the boohoos about it <laughs> uh yeah well i mean you know some people might watch a show where animals get killed and they're like me some people might watch a show where children do and they're like me some you know it's all good. Yeah. It's just what you feel connected to. And I guess we uh there is a, a group of people who feel connected to you know, otters with plates for hands. <laughs> so explain this to me. Because yeah. you're a you are a fan of the Marvel. I am of the, of you the are nerds. A, you're a student of the MU. Sure. And so why this is I mean I'm no Ryan, but I'll do what I can. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's not funny because he's not gonna listen to hear it. Too bad. Um, what the the Star Lord? It's just a human. No. Oh, because no. his father was a his god. His father was god a it. celestial. Yes. Okay. So that's why he didn't like explode in space. His yes. face just got a little jacked. Yes. I, yeah. That, yeah. The reason. Yes. If you haven't seen the movie, spoiler alert. Uh, he gets stuck in space. <clears throat> without if, a, if you haven't seen the movie, you're not a fan of Marvel. So I guess, you don't yeah. Care. <laughs> so um, he's stuck in space without any kind of protective breathing equipment. And he freezes over and he just bloats and doesn't die. It's weird. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't have verification of this. It may have just been a story plot point. So that's why he didn't die. But um, probably because he is part uh, celestial um, that he didn't die. Um but yeah, that's also, if you saw the first one, why he was able to hold on to uh, the Infinity Stone without bursting into flames. Oh. He was part... Uh, uh, part well, I just wanted to... You know, I was just thinking, if you want the Green Lady to get back together with you, don't let your face get jacked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, that's probably why she left and went back to the thieves, because she's like, ooh. Yeah, well, also, I don't want to get into the details of it, but that's not the one that originally fell in love with him. It's a... Uh, alternate green lady from a different universe because of the whole multiverse yeah i don't want to yeah yeah, yeah. anyway yeah, moving right along <laughs> moving along <laughs> um oh i'm sorry. <laughs> moving along and i went to check my notes and it says pete Buttigieg. i still got him pulled up on my screen all right so our so we had two assignments of yes. things that we wanted to definitely talk about for this uh and one of them is we want to we're just going to do a check-in i guess every week of well, every week, two more weeks 
of Last Call, which is um, the docu-series about the serial killer that stalked the queer community in New York in the 90s. 90s. Yes. Yeah, and, you know, I went back to do a little research on it because I was like, oh, I want to talk about this. And I was, yeah, I watched it last night, but I was super tired. And then I got drunk in my dream and I forgot about everything that happened yesterday. So It's funny, I got drunk watching it. (laughs) And I forgot all about it. So I went to go look it up, but I wasn't going to, I didn't want to look up too much because I honestly don't know this story. Yeah. And I don't want to read about it. I want to watch it. And the same way, I'm trying not to Google too much about it because I, I kind of want to find out going along with the show. Now, we might have different opinions on, on the show itself, uh, but for me, um, it's making it real difficult to get to the end. This is a hard watch, and not because it's a hard watch because of the subject matter, but and this is the comment I made earlier. This is the po- our podcast equivalent of a docuseries. Like, they start to talk about the murders, and then it's like, oh, by the way, Anita Bryant. And then they go on a tangent about Anita Bryant for 10 minutes, and they're like, oh, back to the murder. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He cut his body into seven pieces. By the way, do you know what the gays were going through at this time? There was a liberation. And then they go for 20 minutes about the... It's like, I need you to decide whether you are a... um, uh, What do they call these kind of things? I wrote it down. What is it called? It's... um. True crime. You're either a true crime docuseries or you're a queer rights history docuseries. I need you to pick a lane <laughs> because right now, two episodes in, it is very dry. It is very boring. And I'm finding it hard to get to the end of each episode. See, I I, will, I have a different take on it. Yeah. Um, and, and that's okay. We can have different, different, different opinions. Different opinions. I don't disagree with you that it's hard to watch. Um, but I don't take issue... You know, it's it's about this. I take umbrage. <laughs> having having been involved in creating a documentary. Yes. Um, but I guess we made good decisions because we decided that this is going to be a fifty minute um, documentary yeah. that well, we made, you also and so made we did decision of what kind of documentary it is. Right. I feel like they're trying to be too many different things. Well, so so here's what here's what I think that is to to. to pinpoint because it's something i was going to talk about anyway but yeah. to pinpoint why they went on these tangents is because they they needed to talk talk about why these crimes are so heinous and why they're happening so they're introducing to you what was happening in the world at the time of the crime so that you could understand why people are being brutalized so horrifically i understand that Anita Bryant was in the early 80s. This happens in 93, but they talk about yeah. Anita Bryant for five minutes. Yeah, I mean, I think that this was it's the beginning. A, I get it. They're giving a background and a history lesson on it's what It's interesting, Lisa. too, the way that they portray Anita Bryant, because, like, they portray her as this nut job mm-hmm. who got the right amount of people on her side, and then it just overturned um, gay rights that were gaining momentum in Miami mm-hmm. and that that is frightening because it that is what is happening right, right now. now so I think they had to draw I think that's their that was their goal is they wanted right. to draw the parallel but I get what you're saying um it's I don't I don't look at this I don't think that the goal of this from what I've seen so far is to be a true crime documentary which is I think I went into this because the trailer very much paints yeah. this as a true crime documentary series 
I went into it. That's what I, I want to learn about this this uh, this serial killer and the victims and what happened. Um, and maybe it's because we're so entrenched in the community. We work for a newspaper that focuses on the LGBTQ community, so we talk about things like this all the time. We talk about the history, so um, it's almost like when you're in school and they're playing catch up for the slow kids. And you're like, I already know this, but now I have to sit here and listen to you re-explain it to the kids who are listening in the back of the class, which I think is part of my issue with this. I say that, that, that straight people are the slow kids in the back of the class. You know what? I am or saying Non-allied. 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 Or as I like to call them, the breeders. The breeders aren't <laughs> listening. So now we have to catch up and explain it to them. It, I, I mean, I actually enjoy those segments just because i love history so yeah. you know anything that they're gonna they're gonna go back and explain this and i was just like the photos and the videos that they would show of people being beaten yeah um well i think it's just photos but like remember that did you catch the photo of that guy whose eye was just completely yes. black because mm -hmm. he had just been beaten By and cops. and like the 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 hatred and the mm -hmm. and the force and then there's that one guy where they said where they hit him or they said what do you want to do with this or with that girl yeah because it was a girl who was, she was wearing in a, a hoodie yeah she had a hoodie and a hat so they on thought she and was a guy, was a guy and said what do you want to do with this one and the cop said bash her brains in bash his, bash brains, his brains in, in. Yeah. yeah uh i find that you know there's so much fascinating about this documentary to me and that you you're hearing this and you're seeing what it was like and um but the other side it's like the police who come on the to, jersey police to, right is, yeah. is that the difference is that they're trying to say the jersey police cared and they were invested because they're making the jersey police seem like they like hey we wanted to go into new york yeah and we wanted to investigate this crime i didn't look at who funded this but i'm pretty sure someone in jersey funded this documentary <laughs> right like it it it, it I mean that's the takeaway I'm getting. Yeah. Jersey cops good, New York cops bad, and 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 it's just. But the stories are just they're awful. I mean I get where this where this yeah. You know, this comes documentary from. Um, is an extension of things that I've noticed. But documentaries and movies that I have seen about New York City from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, I cannot fathom why anyone wanted to live in this city from 1970 to 1999. I don't understand. Everything I hear about it is how dirty and gross and how hateful it all was. Yeah, and this is so, it's so crazy on how quickly it changed. I yeah. mean, and I think it's got to be Rudy Giuliani. I hate that man, but it seems like he's the one who flipped the switch on it. Yeah. I moved to New York in 1998, and I lived 10, at one point, no, I, at one point I lived on 46th and 8th. Okay, so 46th Street and 8th Avenue. And... Port Authority is which 30, they talk about is thirty fourth yeah. and like seventh or something. It's not that far. I'm less yeah. than ten block or I'm like ten or twelve blocks away from where this is happening. And I would walk down there all the time, and nothing was that was going yeah. on in this movie well, it was I happening in 1989. I don't remember the exact years that Rudy Giuliani was the mayor of New York, but I do know that that when they were talking about that, I remember reading stories about how Giuliani came in. And that area with the the sex shops and the bookstores and the prostitution that he like took that head on and was like got rid of it all, um, like within like the first two years of his being the mayor of New York. So I don't know when it was, 
but it was like the mid to late 90s, right? It had to. Well, it had well, to be I mean, between was, this and whatever. It was made yeah. in 20, uh, 2001, yeah. 9-11. So it was somewhere around yeah. that. But it was cleaned up by 98 yeah. when I got there. It was it was cleaned up. But I yeah, I look at things like, and I blame Martin Scorsese for his movies. <laughs> and I blame documentary films like this that I watch and I'm like, I would I would be terrified to live in New York City in the seventies and eighties and, and early nineties. You know, and I went to New York City one time in nineteen ninety six. I was I was dating this guy uh, in, in North Carolina, and he went to Columbia University, uh, <clears throat> and I went to visit him, and I I, <laughs> I like called his his. Uh, his family up and I said, like, I need to borrow your car. I need to go visit him. And they were like, okay, here you go. Gave me their keys. So I could, they're very nice that I, so I drove from, from there to go visit him. And it was kind of like a surprise, but at some point along the drive, I called him and told him that I was on my way. And I, I had never oh, driven. Did he say, Oh crap. <laughs> kind of. Oh, no. I gotta, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you how this ends. It didn't end well, oh. but I, I, I drove and I said to myself, I'm going to park my car in the first place that I come to uh -huh. and then I'm going to get out of the car, get on the subway and go to where he is or grab a taxi or something like right. that. But I was in college and I was super poor. So I'm pretty just thinking like, Oh, I'll just walk there. Like not knowing anything about it. So I land in like Midtown and like right there, Times Square, Port Authority, all that. Yeah. And it's nine, it's like 96, 95 or 96. I think it was 96. And I'm walking through Times Square with all of my suitcases with me. And I notice as I'm walking, there's a group of kids across the street walking parallel with me. And so I stopped, like I was getting ready to cross the street towards them and I stopped and I turned around and I started walking back towards the car and they all started clapping. And like, nice. like to say, smart move kid. And I was like, oh my God. Like, so, um, so maybe it was between 96 and 98. What was that movie from the eighties? Where the, uh, what the name, where they're all like crazy gang members and it's like, come out and play. <laughs> oh, Clockwork Orange? No, that oh. was in the 70s. This was um, the War Warriors? The Warriors? I don't, I don't remember. Anyway, that's what it sounds like. So when I was leaving, um, I, I had I had spent the day, like stayed over, I spent the next day with him. And when I was leaving to go back to North Carolina, he's like, here, here, this is this new song I really like. And it was No More I Love You. By um, the Warriors that's from the um, who's the lead singer of the Arrhythmics? Oh, um, Annie Lennox. Annie yeah, it was Annie Lennox. Uh, no more, I love you. So that's <sighs> what he gave me when uh, when I left. And it was pretty much the end of that. <laughs> oh we, I'm, but when I moved to New York, we we hung out. We were friends. I had an ex boyfriend. You've met him, Gary. Um, when he broke up, or him and a, his ex before he started dating, he broke up. His ex gave him or sent him. Uh, this was on MySpace at the time. Um, linked or however you did it back then i don't remember how myspace worked but put on um for good from wicked <laughs> how stupid i'm glad you broke up with him that is so stupid <laughs> what a whiny little gay um but yeah he's like we were listening to wicked because we were listening to the soundtrack and he goes my ex-boyfriend sent me when that song came on he was sent that to me after we broke up and i was like that is sad. That's a, that is. Sick. I have. I there are certain songs uh, mm -hmm. in certain relationships that ended very poorly that I have um, attached the certain song to that person that I yeah. broke up with. Like one of them is, um, uh, is it "Respect" by Erasure? I don't know Erasure. Oh, okay. 
Like, but I'll say yes. <laughs> I thought respect was Aretha Franklin. Yeah, it's a different one. It's a different. It's a different kind. But yeah. yeah. So I, I don't. I mean, but I my never ex, sense it to them saying this is what I think of you now. That my ex Jeff who used to curl his upper lip. Um, my song to him is uh, Alanis Morissette. You want to know? Mm. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> some residual, some residual anger there. <laughs> so the thing that I was going to look up about this this episode of Last yeah. Call is I couldn't remember. I I just couldn't remember the name of the victim that was highlighted in this episode. Tony. Tony was his, but he's yes. but that wasn't his. That was not the name that they. Did um, I wrote it down. Um. They called Anthony Marina, Maria, Marrero was his name. Right. But they called him on the street. They called him something else, didn't they? Oh, he was, he was a sex worker. He had yeah. a street name, but I don't remember, I don't remember what it was. Anyway, but you know, I found it shocking that, 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 that friend of his for 20 years didn't know that he had died. Yeah. Yeah. Like how tragic also, is that? his brother. With his brother, yeah, his older him? brother, and he's like, oh, he he wasn't gay. He was he just had a lot of gay friends. It's like all these years later, and you're still that delusional. Yeah, he just liked to hang out with gay people. Yeah, he wasn't gay. He wasn't a gay he was prostitute a, on the streets of New York yeah, in the nineties. He was a sex worker, you know. And I, I mean, I was just as long as it's consensual. Yeah, and hey, and and, and do, that, what you, do what you want to do, and and that you get if you're happy with your life um, doing that then I, I have all the support in the world for you. So, and I, I, my impression was from this show is that he enjoyed being a sex worker. Yeah. And so, so kudos and, there. Like, um, but yeah, they, um, just that when they get to the parts about the serial killer and the killings, um, the, I mean, he, the, the fact that he just used to chop them up and put them in garbage bags, it like, just, yeah, I, it's I, crazy. I said to Jen at some point during the show, I was like, "It's you must really like have some kind of anger built up in you and hatred for somebody or a type of person or what you think of them." That I mean, it's it's a, it takes a certain kind of a person, I think, to take someone's life. Yeah, to yeah. begin with, but then to completely dismember them. Yeah, it's I mean that's a you whole know, new level. Again, I don't know the details of all the murders and everything. Of short of what we've seen in the documentary so far. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if if whoever did this, it turned out that he was a closeted gay man. This is this right. has the feeling of somebody who hates himself so much that he takes it on other yeah. people. Or or or, you know, like they like they're painting that picture of what it was like and like somebody's gonna beat somebody's eye completely black. Like their entire mm -hmm. eyeball turns black that just constantly beat them with that sort of force and anger. It's just be, they're just dehumanized. Yeah. You know, and that's the, I mean, that's the key. That's why I think, you know, Harvey Milk fought so much about saying, you need to come out. If we all come out, mm -hmm. then people will know who we all are and it'll be, we're humans then. And it's yeah. not just this idea. Now it's interesting because this is a four part series. Um, the first episode dealt with the first two victims. This one dealt with Tony. Um, the name of next week's episode is Michael, which I will, I assume will be the fourth victim. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, they have not released the name of the fourth episode. So I think that the fourth episode, um, will be kind of the figuring out who did it. And then. Do you think we'll get to find out what happened to Anita Bryant? <laughs> is she still alive? I don't, I don't think I so. But I, her, her granddaughter is a is lesbian, lesbian in his gay marriage. So. So take that, Anita Bryant. that whipped cream pie, Anita Bryant. 
Uh, let's see. Anita Bryant. You know what I wrote on here, and I apologize for the vulgar language. She's still alive! I wrote on here, I, I wrote, fuck Anita Bryant. Fuck her. And you know what? That's fuck actually Sorry, the name Ma. of a song. Did you know this? I didn't, but I will find the video of it, and I will put it on it's, our Facebook. Um, I was, uh, David Allen Coe. He's a country singer. Um, and I he love sings... it even more that it's a country song. Yeah, and it's called Fuck Anita Bryant, and I love it. Um, so... Right off the bat, this episode starts with this horrifying story of the guy who I'm guessing he's still closeted because he was in the hallway and it was dark and you couldn't see yeah, him. Yeah. But he tells that story of being at a bar and just having a conversation with somebody. And then he started to feel woozy, like he felt drunk, but he hadn't really had anything to drink and then went back to, and the guy was so the guy helped him back to his place. and we'll use air quotes here again helped him yeah and he because so so here's what happened he's talking to this guy this guy has a duffel bag he asks him what's in the duffel bag and the guy says it's it's gym clothes but he said it looked more like a tool bag mm -hmm. and so he leaves because he's feeling woozy and he's you know and so as he's walking home that guy with the bag shows up and says you know, uh, oh, are you feeling okay? Let me help you get. Let me help you get home. And he ends up forcing his way into this guy's house, and then he goes into the bathroom. While he's in the bathroom, uh, we'll call him the victim. He looks into the bag and sees a rope. So he has, luckily for him, he had the ability to like <clears throat> just say he, he told the guy he needed to get some air. He grabs a duffel bag and he starts running down the hallway. The guy comes out after him. He throws the bag, goes right back into his apartment, slams the door locks it the 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 guy with the bag tries to open the door to get back in and then the guy passes out inside his own apartment where he's safe so he wakes up from this and there is no recourse for this guy there is no avenue at which this guy has to do anything about this he there's no going to the police there's no, there's nothing out there so no one knows this story they know they have these bodies they know that that it's this pickup thing and that this guy would be a prime suspect for that. And if he was in a place where he could tell anybody about it, yeah. then maybe they would have caught this guy before the other one If only he would have known, he could have gone to Jersey. <laughs> right? Who would have thought? Sorry, Sorry I, to make jokes I, about it. I could go to the police in Jersey. The Jersey, the Jersey police said, hey, you could have come to us. Yeah, it's just... Uh, yeah. It's Anyway, two more episodes Have you ever go. seen the movie Drop Dead Gorgeous? I don't know if you're going to remember You this. made me watch it once at your house, and I'm pretty sure I got drunk. I know that you love the movie. It's, you know, it's it, a hard it's watch for me. So people are, it's, it, so it's a, it's a mockumentary about yeah. beauty pageants, and people are just, they're, they're, they're dropping out of the pageant. They're, they're dying, or they're getting rid of the pageant. And every time somebody dies, it cuts to these two cops, and they're like, oh, yeah, Tammy? Eh. Must have been a leaky gas line or something. No foul play here. And that reminds me of those two cops that are like, yeah, you know, why the gay thing? Yeah, why are you talking about, why the, gay talking thing? about the gay thing? Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. If you're not watching, you should be watching it. Follow along with us. I know it's a hard watch, but watch it anyway. I mean, it, it, for me, it wasn't as hard to watch we'll, as Rock Hudson. We'll all find out who the killer is. We'll find out together. In two weeks. They're like a little family. Um... But, um, yeah, so uh, aside from this, you made me watch something else. Oh, my day. God. I'm so happy we're going to talk about this right now. <laughs> All right. So um, so I will say the name of the show, and then you can give the little intro to it as I chug a glass of wine. 
you made me watch the second season of The Ultimatum, Queer Love. Now, the second the second season of The Ultimatum. Right. second season is second, called It's Queer called Queer Love. Because it's all lesbian or female presenting, yeah. female presenting um, couples. Yes. And there's it's interesting because there are a few who use they, them pronouns. Yes. Which the show apparently did not use and caught a lot of flack on Twitter about that. But there are, um, they are all female presenting. So you take over. I, yeah, I talked about this a little bit last week in my and my, I think my enthusiasm may have convinced you to watch this, and I'm yeah. so... You know what's funny? Is I was talking to Joey, and I was like, Rick's making me watch this. And he said, no, I listened to last week's podcast. You said, okay, I'll watch it. I was like, he forced me into it! <laughs> I think, I, think I, <laughs> I, I, I forced you into it with, um, with my enthusiasm for it. Yes. And I, Before we get started, I do want to say, um, because I know that you love this kind of reality TV stuff. Um, that moving forward with the podcast, if I give you one reality show, in turn, I'm going to make you watch something so nerdy. Oh, that's all right. You know, you mentioned um, uh, a scene from that Go Go Boy show, yeah. and I just went. I went and watched all of them. Yeah, I saw. It, yeah, I saw it on uh, TikTok. Yeah, so I went back and watched the them. TikTok. So anyway, anyway ultimate. So yes, ultimate. Ultimate. They take five. There are five lesbian couples. Yes. And the, the premise of this is one person... Every time you say lesbian, um, I I think of that... Um, who's the guy who was in Bros? The guy who wrote Bros? Everybody can't say Oh, him. yeah, yeah, yeah. I like him. Billy Eichner. Billy Eichner. Of him on his show going, let's go, lesbians, let's go. Every time you say lesbians, <laughs> I hear his voice in my head. Anyway. I go. wish that Billy Eichner was the host of this show. Okay, we're going to get to that because my first complaint about this show is that you had a straight person host it. If she's the host of the first season, great. That's straight couples. I need a queer host for my queer reality shows. Plain and simple. But it also, maybe she's just, maybe, maybe she could be a queer icon in the lesbian scene. She's not. Because they all seem I, to know her. I looked into it. She was on Reba. And she was on some. She was on. Are you afraid of the dark? In the I'm, 90s. I'm going to to take issue with the way that you just said. Reba. <laughs> Are you a Do fan? Not talk about Reba like that. I don't dislike Reba, although her and I had beef back in the early 2000s when she talked shit about the Dixie Chicks. Now the Chicks. When um, it's so funny you said. Because last night I forced Jen to go eat barbecue. When you're like, I had beef with Reba. I'm like, ooh, where'd you go? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, never yeah. mind. Reba doesn't know about the beef, but her and I had beef back in the two, the aughts. Yeah. The double aughts. Yeah, she probably was just jumping on the bandwagon. She I'm like, was. you shouldn't talk like, yeah. I remember specifically, she was hosting one of those country music awards, and the Dixie Chicks were putting out their um, album after all that shit happened. And Reba McIntyre made jokes. She goes, I hear the Dixie Chicks are making a rock album. I'm sure that'll be fun. By the way, Reba, that album went on to win Album of the Year, Record of the Year, and Song of the Year at the Grammys. Anyway, you were saying. <laughs> I, I regret asking you to watch Ultimatum. <laughs> we haven't even started talking about it. I anyway, it. I'm trying... Anyway, this is such a horrible show. Tell people right. about it. So, five lesbian couples. Yes. <laughs> and a host from the Reba. Uh, I liked her. So, 
there's 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 one person in the couple mm-hmm. of each couple that that wants to get married and the other one is not ready and all of these couples have been together at least two years right two from like two to five once, years yeah. two, two to five years to four years centuries in lesbian time yeah yeah you know in in, in queer years That's, it's, it's decades forever. and they should forever i mean it's time to make a decision you should have already been on your fourth marriage by now <laughs> so so they they give an ultimatum marry me now or we break up and yeah. and so then they all break up spoiler alert they all break up yeah well and, that's the premise so that's of the, the premise show. of the yeah. show so then in that pool of 10 lesbians uh each one that lesbian pool. each each one finds not like i know all of a sudden i thought like bear pools and like gay days <laughs> like it's like nah, <laughs> les um where so they 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 then pick a new partner and if the partner they pick is picks them, then they live together for three weeks. Yeah, I talked to before the in starting the show. I talked to my brother a little bit about this. They had to have beforehand, like talked with the producers to make sure everybody matched up because um, nobody stood up and said, "I choose you," and they're like, mm, "No, I choose that one." Everybody conveniently paired up. With, I don't. I think. I think it was convenient. Or well, that's obvious. what I'm saying on the. the in the show, everybody gets paired up conveniently together. I'm sure there was some behind the scenes of, oh, well, I need you need to pick this one because this one hasn't been picked kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, or it yeah. was just when you get to the end, it's like kickball. You know, you get you get the kid yeah, that's standing there. Pitch. Yeah. So because that last couple, couple was, yeah, that last couple did yeah. not want each other. No, they got stuck. With, I'll tell they, you what, Aussie was in that couple who didn't pick. Yeah, right. So anyway, we'll get to them. Yeah. So so then they you live with this new partner for and and you and you have a you have a trial marriage. Yes. Right. So you're sharing chores. You're cooking there. You're on dates. You're you're a couple. You have to sleep in the same bed. You do all of this for three weeks. At the end of that three weeks, you go back to the partner that you came to this situation with, and you live together for three weeks. In a and, mock marriage. Yeah. And at and the end of that, you decide whether you're going to propose. To who you came with. To who you came with. Uh, whether you're going to propose. To who you lived with. Or. Or go home alone. Which. How could you not like the show? At the very beginning, I could tell you every one of them should have gone home alone. <laughs> Every just single. coming onto that show, you don't need to be going home with anybody. You need to figure yeah. yourself out. You know, and I said this last week when we were going into this, and I've, we've talked about this that you there there has to be some sort of dysfunctionality in your view yeah. of of relationships to even agree. Yeah, to go on this show, and that's my problem. This is why it's so hard for me to watch shows like this or Love Island or The Bachelor, anything that ties into relationships if you're going on a reality show to either um meet someone or to um look for confirmation that it's the right relationship to be in that it's not the right relationship and you need to reevaluate how you look at relationships i feel yeah i mean i i, I agree with that but i'm glad that there are people who don't because, because then i get this show but it's not for the betterment betterment of humanity it's for the betterment of your entertainment which is fine for, I mean, there's things I watch and I'm like, you know, wow, these people suck. I used to watch Jerry Springer and Ricky Lake back in the day and think these people suck, but it's, at least it's not me. Um, but it's just, it's hard for me to watch these kind of shows. Also, I have an addictive personality. So I get addicted to television shows real quick and 
it's I scream at my television. And I spent all weekend <laughs> screaming at these ladies who were pissing me off. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. I I was invested. I like from the from episode two. I was just invested. Uh, actually, it may have been episode one because there is one person who to me stands out as you know the what? most obnoxious person in the world. And you know what's funny is I'm pretty sure I know who you're going to say. And, and you like her. As I was watching it, I was like, I don't hate her. At least she was there. At least she knew. She was honest with herself. They were all there for that reason. To be famous. Well, I mean, I'm not going to argue with that. I, I don't know. I, I, won't, I won't talk about their intentions, but I'll just say that because somebody said to me, like, oh, you're going to like her because she changes in the end. No, she didn't. She didn't change one bit in the end. Um, she lies because she doesn't want to be the jerk. There are only two people who change for the good, and I will argue that eight I, changed for the worse. I feel like we're we're back to this wicked song. <laughs> All right, so here's what okay. we're gonna do. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna talk about the couples. We're gonna talk about them as couples. We can even, I mean, we can go we can go through the. We'll we'll talk about each couple and then the the their entire relationship on the show, right? Okay. So beginning, middle, and end. So the first one that I have written down is um, Lexi and Ray. Okay. Lexi is a terrible person. <laughs> um, We're trying very hard to choose our words. Lexi, um, up until the reunion, Lexi was my number one gaslight. Lexi walked in trying to act like everybody else, one particular person, but everybody else was the problem. And she's like, I'm just looking for the, the, here's a perfect example of why Lexi is horrible. Everybody else throughout the season, you meet their friends and you go to dinners and lunches and you meet their friends. Lexi, you have to dine with her parents. And if you're going to go on this show and you're going to say, I need you to meet my parents right off the bat, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, Lexi. Making me meet your parents. <laughs> And be like, oh, um, mom, I'm a spoiled little brat. Tell her why she should love me. Lexi was so spoiled and such a brat and rolled her eyes. I wanted I wanted to reach to the TV and slap her so many times. Number one, my least favorite. So, uh, well, we'll get to the, we'll rank oh, them later. Oh, yeah, we'll rank them later. Um, but so to me, so Lexi's the one who laid the ultimatum out. Lexi was yes. with Ray and they came onto the show together. They've been together for also a couple of years. Also the youngest couple. Okay. Yeah, they're and, both in their early, their mid twenties. And so Lexi told, gave an ultimatum to to Ray, and Ray said no. So they mm -hmm. went and lived with other people. Now, um, it's hard to to kind of describe it without talking about the other people. Yeah. Um, but so Lexi ended up in a relationship with somebody. So Lexi yeah. gives the ultimatum, and she ends up in a relationship. It's interesting because these couples, it ends up becoming two shows because two of the couples just swap. They're, right. They're, and they're their own show. Right. And then the other three couples mingle each other and they're their own separate show. It's like two separate shows in this one show. Yeah. I mean, there's there's so much entertainment value in all of this that I just I just was obsessed with it. I, I also subscribe to the idea that they're knowingly on a reality TV show yeah. and that although at moments it's real emotion, that overall the premise of it is we understand what's going yeah, on around Yeah, with us. shows like this, the only cast that I'm willing to give leniency to is the first season. Um, as I have been informed, the first season who signed up for this show did not know what they were signing up for. 
they actually were told it was a different type of show. When they got there, they're like, hey, surprise, here's the type of show. Now, I don't for know. For this? For the, oh, the first so the second, okay. Yeah. So, and same thing with Real World on H or on uh, MTV back in the 90s. Anytime, uh, Big Brother, the first season where you don't know exactly, I mean, this is the first time the show's being done. There's this sense of you're doing it for the intrigue of it and to see, well, what is this about? You know After the first season, it's all about the celebrity. You know what's interesting about Real World? Jen uh, lived in New York and worked at a staffing agency, and she got the call from the producers of the Real World to cast the first season. And really, she couldn't. She had to turn it down because Why? because it's illegal. <laughs> the like how to say you know i want this type of person this type of person this type of person and you you know when you're a staffing company you have to abide by equal opportunity oh, yeah. employment because you're hiring somebody it's not casting it's yeah. it's a Give job. Me one black person one asian person one gay person yeah yes and so she's like yeah we can't do that uh, so how did they get the cast i don't know I don't know. That's where that story is. Intriguing. Great a documentary. It's <laughs> great podcasting, right? Um, anyway, back, so the, back to what we were talking right. about. So, so um, to me at first, I thought Lexi was just a strong woman, mm-hmm. you know? And so I don't think that she was gaslighting. I cannot talk. I, I, I was going to say the name, Vanessa. Yeah. Um, and, and tell you that like, all of my vitriol of the show is directed at Vanessa. I and thought Vanessa was fine. She's the she is the she is the most the most fake. She was out of there everyone. for the publicity of being on a reality yeah. show. So play the game. And I'm perfectly fine with that because she went in with that mentality. I will argue seven of the other women went in with the same mindset but pretended they weren't. And Lexi was one of them, which is why I can't stand her. Uh, play the game. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. No, like she needed I to play the game. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah, she yeah. needed to play the game and she didn't. And all she decided to do was to be a stick of dynamite in every situation she got into. <laughs> and I don't have any. I have zero respect for that. As much as as much respect as I can offer a single individual for this yeah, show. Yeah, I do want to say this no. beforehand that when I talk about people I like and people I don't like, I don't know them personally. But also. I automatically don't like any of you who went on this show because just going on this show puts you in a negative light for me. So when yeah. I say I like you, I like you more than Lexi. Yeah, and and the um, the I mean you we you watch what the what the editor wants you to see. Exactly. Yeah, it's uh, all edit, and that's the problem with reality shows on things like Netflix, where they dump the whole thing or they give you a group of episodes each week over two or three weeks, is. Um, it feels like it's only a few minutes. So when they're episode three or four and they're like, I think I might love you. It's been 30 minutes. What do you mean you love them? Listen, I'm sorry, but we'll, we'll get to them. But that, that I don't care if it's been a week. No, if you spend every waking a, moment this together. Show, they tell you, it's like, they have been living together for one week and they're like, oh, I you love like you. Like, I want you to know that I love you. You no, came you there don't. to marry the person no you that don't. you came there with and now like, all of a sudden 
you know, it's 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 fascinating to me. So so um I by the end of it I felt like like Lexi was just like she doesn't like wouldn't listen. She's like, This is my way or the highway. She's and a spoiled brat. I guarantee you Lexi got everything she yeah. wanted as a child. It's almost as if she read a self help book that said this is how life is gonna go to make mm-hmm. you successful and she's like, This is what I'm gonna do and nothing else matters. Yeah. And when I mentioned Lexi gaslighting, um, that's solely directed at Ray. She gaslighted Ray into making th- making her think that she everything that happened in the relationship was her fault, and she's like, "I gave everything, and you fucked it up." When uh, during during Fingergate, did you yell? They were on a break. Oh my god! <laughs> the amount of times I Ross Geller this fucking show, and they're like, "I can't believe you were in the same bed." I was like, "You were on a break." You knew you, you were on a break. Yeah. You knew what you were getting right. into. So I actually like Ray. I did too. Yeah. I mean, she's just, you know, she was just, she's just young I, and, 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 and once. Young. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't even to say confused. She was just young and not wanting to get married. She wasn't ready. She probably was with the wrong person. Lexi was 25 when the show, 24, 25 when the show started. Why are you rushing? I get the other couples like we've been together for four years. Why haven't right. you probably because she has in her little book that by the time she's thirty, she has to be mm-hmm. married, have a house bought, and two point three children and a dog. You're in your twenties. Stop pushing this shit. Yeah, it, I mean, and that's fine if that's your plan and you want to do that. That's fine, but you can't push somebody else. Yeah, or, and she kept gaslighting yeah. her into I, making. I, that I can that agree with that. Phone. Yeah, I did, she did not end up as one of my yeah. favorites, we but also about this not before as before the show. Stated. Um, I have the 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 girls in this uh, this season grouped into three categories um i have just utter trash there are four people who fall under trash there are three who fall under you're just stupid and then there are three who i'm like what are you thinking i put them in my favorite to least favorite yeah but i will say that those that the first three are interchangeable to me yeah so there are Same. three that i'm yeah. like okay and then there's like three that I'm like, um, you, you know what? I'm indifferent to you because yeah. you're in the middle. And then there's four at four? the end that I'm like, y'all are some crazy people. Yeah, uh, my, exactly. Right. That but, is they're, but what's exciting uh, but I bet they're is they're different people. I bet they're different. Uh, so, okay. So that's the first couple. It's going to take us three hours yeah. to get through this. So then there's Xander and Vanessa. Okay. This is... Now, uh, before we get into what we think of them. So Xander is the one who wanted to propose to Vanessa. Which, through the course of this show baffled me because Xander did not seem like she wanted to get married at all and then she I'm like you're the one who put the ultimatum out there and you just seem so wishy-washy see I didn't see that I didn't see that at all I think that that Xander to me came across as a quiet shy person Xander don't know what she wants. Um, no, Xander knew. She's also a homewrecker. So, sorry. Are you? Do you have the these people confused? Xander is the short hair. Yeah. Yeah. With Yoli. Yeah. No. So. So I'm talking when they come on the show. I'm yeah. Like, so Xander's to me, Xander's whole life has been um, as this shy wallflower who is dating somebody who is so over the top and makes her feel alive, and that she thinks she's in love with and wants to get married to. Right. So and this is kind of what I think that the show's goal was is for someone like Xander. So Xander thinks they want this thing and then they find out that someone else can treat them a different way. And here's one of the reasons why Vanessa is a horrible human being sure. in the show that she said, if we ever have kids, I will have my kids and you will have your kids. Not yes. that we will be together. And it's have terrible. Kids. Yes. Terrible. I agree with that. And so I also believe Xander 
pretends to be aloof and stupid like that, and that Xander knew exactly what she was doing through the whole thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't. Xander know, is bit. like Kevin Spacey from The Usual Suspects. Not one bit. Mm. No. Kevin Spacey or um, Xander is like um, Edward Norton from Primal Fear. Not, not. That girl rubbed me the wrong way, gave me bad vibes. There is something in her past. She may, when we end last call, she may be the serial killer. Yeah, none of that is true. <laughs> none of that. That's... She comes across as somebody who knows what she's doing and is a terrible home wrecking manipulator. Anyway. Yeah, I, I mean, there, there is no uh, amount of. Uh, answering that 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 I can can do at the level of excitement that you have said that about her, except to say I could not disagree anymore uh, with that than 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 her. She she to me is what the show is about. Um, but so Lexi and Ray, they because um, we didn't finish with them. They yes. they went and lived with other people. They came back together, and at the end, um, Lexi proposed to Ray, and Ray said yes. Other way around. Lexi proposed to Ray. That's what I said. No. No, Ray proposed. Yeah, Ray proposed to Lexi. Is that what she said? No, I, I don't think remember. so. Anyway, they got they they, yeah, they, got, they engaged. got engaged. They got engaged at the end yeah. of it. So at the end of this, uh, Xander had spent. There's a person we're gonna talk about in a minute, you know, Yoli. And Xander spent three weeks with Yoli, mm -hmm. and they fell in love with each other. And they, um, so it caused a lot of confusion as to who, what would happen at the end of it, right? Confusion is a fine word. Because, well, like, confusion is an audience member. You don't know what mm -hmm. Xander's going to pick because you don't know if Yoli's going to go with her, with the girl she came with or right. if Xander's going to go right. with, um, with Vanessa. And so, but during this whole thing, Vanessa has this transformation. While she's with Ray right. yeah. for three weeks, she decides that she is in love with Xander and wants to marry Xander. But Xander has has um as far as the narrative of the story of the show goes xander has fallen in love with yoli and it's like yes. and, and after says, three weeks xander fell in love with someone else and said that the um that or, or would just say i have been treated really well in this other relationship and i think i might like this better than what we had so at the end of that xander or no um vanessa proposes to xander this time mm-hmm and Xander says no. And so they they split up. Yeah. And then one of the one of the fun one of the most fun couples for me to watch was Aussie and Sam. You want to talk about Ollie and Maul first? Oh sure. They're part Yoli. of that tree. Yeah, sure. Yoli, Yoli, Yoli and Maul. Yoli so, and Maul. So um in this scenario, Yoli um goes with Xander. Or uh, proposed to Mal and Mal said no so they broke up so yeah. then uh yoli is now living with xander yeah, yeah. yoli gave the ultimate yeah, yeah yoli gave the ultimatum so then yoli ends up living with xander yeah and, and now moves in with lexi. with lexi so these three couples are intertwined right yeah and you know um it's interesting i i like mal i love mal yeah she and it's funny because I have a very, um, a very focused opinion on each of them after the final episode. And a lot of that got jumbled up at the reunion. So at the end of the actual season, um, Mal, I was like, what are you doing, Mal? Because Mal ends up proposing to Yoli. 
Um, so I was a little, I was, I like Mal. I think Mal is a good person. I think of everyone on this show, I think Mal is probably the least annoying. <laughs> you know, the, the thing about Mal that I like a lot is, right, so when they come back together mm-hmm. and Yoli has fallen in love with Xander, Yoli tells Mal, I'm in love with Xander. And that talks about how they pulled around and did all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, Mal did none of this with Lexi. Yeah. So, so Mal just says, you know what? This is the experience that we came here for. Exactly. Let's move forward and work yes. on us. And we won't worry about this. I have to say, a lot of my anger towards Yoli and Ma- uh, uh, Yoli and Xander comes from the reunion of what we oh, find out yeah. afterwards. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, where yeah, a yeah. lot of my anger with those two come. At the end of the show, yes, Yoli is messed up in the head. She don't know what she wants, but she, um, she wants she wants children. She wants to be in love. And and so Does she, she even know what that is. But I don't think that she would. And to her, I don't think it mattered who that was going to be. You know what I'll say this about Yoli. One thing that 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 struck me was when when they were back together. When Yoli was back together with Mao. Yeah. And and they started talking about Xander's bank account. And so to me, that was like I was like, oh, so you so Xander can buy you kids today. So yeah. that's why you want to go with yeah. Xander. With Yoli, it's not about who you're with. It's about what you can give me in that relationship. I want kids. I want stability. I want a house. I want that the traditional straight marriage. Right. And the interesting thing about Mao is that she was not ready to get married because she could not provide those things. Exactly. Exactly. Now, I also think, now, I mean, I'll jump across the table at me now. I think that maybe Mao is slightly lazy. And so, and I think that after a couple of years, that may have gotten irritating. That maybe Yoli felt she was a caretaker and like... Maybe Yoli (laughs) needs to put herself in check. Yoli comes across, and and we'll get to somebody else who who kind of feels like this also um, in another couple. Yoli feels like everything is done by emotion. Like, she doesn't think things through. Everything is done with her gut instinct. You have no thought process in what you're doing. I want to know. Just tell me the name of the Mildred. Author. Yes. Yes. God. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, all right. So, um, so at by the, the end- way, when I found out, we'll get to this, but when Mildred, I found out Mildred got arrested, I was like, yeah, that sounds, yeah, that tracks. That tracks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So, so at the, at the end of this, um, What's so interesting is that like the people who were given the ultimatum are the ones yeah. who were proposing at the end. So Mal yeah. proposes to Yoli, and Yoli accepts it. Yes. And then immediately, oh, at least according to the editing of the show, goes and talks to Xander. You just got proposed to by your fiancé. And then the first thing you do is you enfold yourself in the arms of this other person. I was screaming. Oh, yeah, you have to know that that is 100%. <sighs> The producers are saying this encounter is going to happen on screen. I was so angry. I was so angry. But I I was just thinking, like, if, you know, like, assume that there's a world in which they get, they they have this proposal, they get married, and they go out and have children. Your children are going to talk to you say to you one day, tell me about how you proposed to mommy. And she's going to say, oh, well, no, I proposed to her. And then she said, well, I'm in love with somebody else. But yes, I'll marry you. Yeah. Like, that's just not how that should go. That's what I'm saying. There was a very uncomfortable about that. uh, Even think putting that process into your thoughts 
of how will I explain this to my kids? Oh, how did you and mommy meet? None of these couples should have got engaged. Based on just that thought, none yeah. of them should have got engaged. Okay, so so then we now we're gonna go to Aussie and Sam. Okay, now we're yeah, we're gonna go to the two couples. We're gonna go to the two couples that flip flop. Sorry, yeah. that was perfect. <laughs> so um Okay, so we'll talk about Aussie and Sam and Tiff yes. and Mildred all together. So, so Aussie and Sam are, um, I mean, they're, um, Aussie's probably the oldest person in the cast, yes. I believe. I think she's 40. 42. 42. I have and, their ages. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then there's there's Sam. Sam, who is 31. Um, they have the largest age gap between all of the couples. Yeah. And so uh, in this, Sam has told Aussie, Sam has given Aussie the ultimatum. Aussie okay. says, I'm not ready to do now, this. Now, let me ask you, because I didn't catch it whether they said this. Do they call her Aussie because she's from Australia? Or is that her name? Because they, she's from Australia. She's got an Australian accent. Dude, I didn't, I didn't realize that. And then Jen said, she's from Australia. And I was like, how do you know? And she's like, I don't know. She calls everybody mate. And I was like, Aussie oh. Well, Australian <laughs> accent. But her name is Aussie. So is that like a nickname because she's Australian? Or is that her real name? I think that, I mean, if it is a, if it is a nickname, I don't think it's her real name. Because oh, okay. I think that she is, there is a, I, I kind of picked up on this um, um, gender identity fluctuation. Well, she talks about it, yeah. She's not. In her. In one of the interviews when she's given, she's doing the talk um, to the camera. I forget what they call that in reality TV. When she's talking to the camera, she's talking about her identity. And she's talking about how she's in the middle of that journey. She doesn't know if she's non-binary, if she's trans, but she uses they, them pronouns. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure she chose. they chose the name Austin. Right. And it may yeah. be because they were maybe, Australian. Yeah. Or maybe because people just... I thought maybe Sam was like, oh, you're Australian. So she just called them Aussie and it just stuck. Because if I was dating an Australian, totally would call them Aussie. <laughs> or maybe. Right. Um, so in this... Then, then, so then they swip with with Tiff and Mildred, and an obvious it's obvious to anyone who watches the show that Aussie did not pick Mildred, and Mildred did not pick Aussie. Absolutely, they were the last two standing. That's what I'm talking about. Where this was, this conversation was had off camera, and they said, "Listen, Aussie, you don't have nobody, and Mildred, you don't have nobody. You all need to be together." Yeah, I think that like the the first couples that we talked about, like yeah. this is when the producers were excited about, and then the others are like, yeah, hey, just throw them together. Like, You're gonna have to just yeah, flip. just just flip, just yeah. go do your thing. Um, and so um, Aussie goes with Mildred. Aussie goes with Mildred, and, and let's Sam just say, I mean, Mildred's just nuts. Mildred is crazy. She's crazy. She is a fiery Latina. Who just is everything is gut emotion. 100% now, in the moment. In saying that, I love Mildred. Oh my God. She, she is, is crazy, but I love Mildred. She is a, um, yeah, she's def, to me, definitely like this character that she was on the show. Trash. Yeah. Just trash. Talk about gaslighting. In fact, somebody actually used oh, the word absolutely gaslighting. Absolutely a she's, she's a gaslighter. She's, she's insane. Um, the, you know, and then, you know, to that that argument that happened with Aussie and Mildred were, were at the reunion. No, at oh. the at the um, oh Aussie and um, while they while she was ironing and she's like I'm just ironing yeah. my shirt and Mildred's like just going in at it like like when like I haven't fought Aussie with you yet. Woke up, woke literally. I just woke up two minutes ago and comes out and be like, I just want to tell you that I appreciate you for everything you do, 
And her response is, well, I have to do everything because you do nothing. I'm yeah. like, bitch, she just woke up. Give her a minute. Let her get a cup of coffee. Have you ever met somebody that it seems like their their style of communication is fighting? Oh, absolutely. And th- and that's how they... She needs to be with somebody who fights and argues right. all the time. Like, I'm going to fight with you. And at the end of that, you're still going to love me. And that's going to prove you really love me. Exactly. And so that's, that is Mildred. That is... Uh, and it makes my... I, th- I think my eyes just rolled what's, so far back in my head. What's even more hysterical about that? is I don't know if there is a single human on this planet who is more opposite than that, than Aussie. <laughs> so like, literally, I hate confrontation. I don't like to argue. I just want to get up and live a normal life. Yeah. I just, but Aussie, I just didn't, I didn't get this. Like, Aussie cannot have a conversation. No. I just couldn't understand. She walks out on everything. Walks out. And then. Annoying. And then at one time she walked out and then she had this, like, um, I don't know what you what you, what you call it, but she reverted back to a six year old girl crying on a street corner, saying, yeah. "I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't do anything wrong." Like, yeah. like, like, so weird. Like, like her mom had just yelled at her for breaking something, and she was trying to prove she didn't do it. I don't know much about Australian culture, <laughs> but if this is it, I am never visiting because she was freaking nuts with that. Yeah, it was like insane. The, the amount of the acrobatics she does to avoid any kind of confrontation like you can't have a you can't have a healthy relationship if your entire defense mechanism is walk out yeah. like i don't like the way i don't i don't want to have any kind of confrontation or talk about things that i'm doing wrong so i'm going to walk out the door literally not even like i'm going to walk out metaphorically you literally packed your bags and walked out while she wasn't there like what the hell yeah so she's a she was a character yeah you know um interesting um so that is that's the next couple Aussie. i feel like we're gonna be well that's Aussie and sam and so twist. so they get to the um i so, i don't think so i don't think we'll be that different um uh, tiff and i don't sam? think so okay. um i mean maybe half of it but not the other half <laughs> um so so uh at the end of the show um Aussie and sam get engaged yes Right, and so, so then, and now we'll go on to the last couple, which is Tiff and Mildred. Now, Tiff is sort of this like, I get like these like uh, like Bruno Mars kind of vibes. Okay, first off, looks just like Bruno Mars in the first episode. Yeah. In fact, when she walked out in that suit she was wearing and the hair she had, I was like, "How the hell did Bruno Mars get?" On this show? <laughs> Times looks are hard. Just like it, Bruno. Times Mars. are hard for Bruno. Uh, so, so in this Mildred has given the ultimatum to Tiff. Yes. And Tiff has declined to marry, and so they go into the other couples. Mildred is this fiery Latina, and Tiff is this very masculine-presenting lesbian with the most resting bitch face I've ever seen in my life. The woman never smiles. And I know you're not allowed to say that to women, but this chick literally never smiled in this whole season. Yeah, it definitely felt like she did not want to be there. No, she didn't want to be She was not, she wasn't like, I don't want to do this. Unless it involved her dog, and I'm sure we'll get to that. Now see, in the first episode, I'm thinking like, oh, poor Mildred, she just wants somebody to love her. Yeah. And then there was an episode where Tiff was like, Mildred, why would I marry you? You break up with me every week. Yeah. How do I know if I marry you that you're not going to just leave? And I yeah. was like, from that moment on, I was like, you know what? Mildred's crazy. 
you know, in this in this couple, Team Tiff. Yeah, nothing Tiff and Mildred did made me think, oh, I'm I'm with either one of them. What made me really question Mildred is every interaction she had with Aussie. Yes, and then everything she said in the reunion. Everything. I'm like, where she's just like, um. You did this and you did that. And she's like, "What are you talking about?" She's like, "Yeah, you did that." Oh, by the way, I got arrested, and I hate you for this, and I don't want to talk to you. And then Tiff left, and she's like, "Of course you'll walk out. You walk out on everything." <laughs> All right, before we delve too much in the room, oh sorry, sorry, it's yeah, okay. Yeah. I just want to say that that Tiff and Mildred got engaged. At the they end. did. So the only oh, couple that the weird didn't thing get about engaged too? was Xander and yeah. Um, so Zan- so in, the only ones who didn't get engaged. Yeah, at the end of the experiment. Uh, Xander and Vanessa are the only ones that went home alone. Uh, so, but I do want to say this about Tiff. Um, that situation with the dog. Yeah, I I know you don't agree with the dog. Because here's, anyone listening, I need you to listen carefully. <laughs> Just because someone doesn't want to sleep with your dog the way you want to sleep with your dog does not make them an anti-dog person. It doesn't mean they hate dogs. No. It just means you're a terrible dog owner. I cannot stand dog owners who are like, this is my baby, and if you don't do everything I want about my baby, then there is no compromise, and you're a horrible person who hates animals. No, Tiff, you have a very unhealthy relationship with your dog, whom you need, and if you haven't watched this show, something I need you to be aware of is all the apartments they set them up with. They're in, they say they're queen-size beds. They look like full-size beds. They're not big beds. And then Tiff walks in with this big, what was it, a husky? A wolf? It looked like a wolf. One of those wolf-looking dogs. Walks in, she's like, that's my baby. And my baby matters, is above everything and anything. Which is great. But when you're in an experiment like this, where you're with somebody for three weeks who you don't know, um, Tiff comes in and says, my baby sleeps in my bed with me. And all... Sam said was, yeah, I get I get claustrophobic. I don't like things around my feet when I sleep. And Tiff goes, well, then me and my dog will just sleep on the couch in a very aggressive tone. At that moment, I was like, nothing that happens in this season will let me agree with you, Tiff. <laughs> I can't yeah. agree with you. I mean, I think that, that, the, that, you know, if in this context of I'm going to spend the rest of my life with somebody, you yeah. need to find somebody. Who you need to talk about? I, I wouldn't say that that she has an unhealthy relationship with her dog. What I would say mm-hmm. is that she, if she wants to, her dog to sleep in bed with her, she needs to find somebody who will grow to be okay with that. When and, I was with Jeff, I know that this this podcast specifically has gone a lot back to my first relationship with, with Jeff when I was in the service. Jeff had a dog whom he loved. His name was Gideon. Lovely dog. Loved the dog. We had a queen size bed. And he was the same way. He's like, I need my dog in the bed. I was like, I need room. I can't have some dog just laying on top of me. So I said, here's the old... I gave him an ultimatum. I said, either the dog can sleep in his bed and we sleep in our bed, or you can go out and buy me a king-size bed. And that man went out the next day and bought a king-size bed. And I was like, you know what? All right. I gave you the ultimatum. You chose this. And we all had space. I need you to understand that, Tiff. Yeah, I mean, I, that's what I mean. I think that there is somebody, like, you're going to, you know, it's like you say with, um, you know, with boycotts and that people will be, they will hold on to their convictions as long as, it, until they're inconvenient. Yeah. 
Yeah. So you just the same. It's the same philosophy. It's like, okay, well, when you find somebody that matters enough to you, then you'll make these changes. In that, in in the context of this reality show, for three weeks, you should have had your dog sleep on the couch. If you know that all we have is a queen size bed, and my partner, who I have for three weeks, who let's not sugarcoat it, yell at and choose each other. No, (laughs) you got stuck with each other. Just let your dog sleep on the couch. I'm not saying stick them in the bathroom in the tub. Let it's a comfy. It looked like a comfy couch. Let them sleep on the couch. Well, or if the experiment is that you have to sleep in the bed together, then you just you know you make it work. Yeah, you know you find a way to make it work. So I just that was a little. There was a lot of dog stuff going on, yeah. and I'm an I'm a. I have been described uh, by Jeremy as somebody who has an unhealthy relationship with dogs <laughs> as well. And so I'm, and, and I will own that and I'm okay with that. In fact, uh, my husband was not a dog person when we met. And now he has a dog, I have a dog. That was very like Vanessa of me, right? You have your dog, I have my dog. And so we have two dogs and they both sleep in the bed. And life is fine and great. Yeah. And I just think that when you find somebody that you care enough about, you'll work through these things. My only issue at that level, and Tiff delved into this a little bit, is when somebody says, I don't want a dog in bed with me, you're automatically, you hate my life and my dog and you hate me. And it's like, no, you you lash out like just because I don't want to spoon with your dog doesn't mean I hate dogs. There's like a lot, like who hurt you is a question I right? asked a lot during this. Uh, I think in some of them it was very clear, like, you know, Aussie's mom. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So that, those are the couples, Tiff and Mildred get engaged at yeah. the end of it. And I think they start fighting immediately after they get engaged. Yes. Like, immediately. It baffled me. I think the only couple whom at the end of the season before the reunion show that I was like, all right, I can see you all doing okay is Sam and Aussie. Yeah. Everyone else, when they got engaged, I was like, what the hell are you doing? Sam grew a lot. And, like, Sam grew um, a a lot of confidence. Absolutely. And and I loved watching Mm -hmm. that. And so... Um, when we get into our rankings, you'll see how much yeah. I respected what um, Sam grew. But no one else. I, I, I watched that episode and I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe that all of them, except for the one couple, got engaged. I was, yeah. I was in shock. I was like, none of you should be together. Yeah. Absolutely. I still, I don't even think that Aussie and Sam should be together. Like, none and, of you should be together. And I st- stated this when we first started talking. If your first instinct is to go on this show, right there, you should not be together. Yeah, but even after all this, I'm like, as 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 regressive as Sam, as Aussie was in her non progress, yeah, that's how much Sam grew. I was like, girl, you need somebody yeah. else. Absolutely. All right, so so then we get to the well, we're gonna oh, we're, we're gonna, gonna we're gonna do the reunion okay. first because even even after the reunion, it changed after the reunion. It did. Okay, so I had a very distinctive. I had a very focused opinion on each one of these these ladies or fe- female presenting ladies. Um, after the reunion, I was like, mm, I have to reevaluate. There are a couple of people, and I will say, um, Mal, I reevaluated after the reunion. Mildred, I reevaluated, and Xander. I think everyone else kind of stayed where they were. Those three after the reunion, I said, mm, I got to change your ranking. I got to change where you fall in. Yeah, so so um, all the couples come back, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll go through the same list. Lexi and Ray were still engaged yes. at the reunion. 
but, at the reunion. And they were and they were fine together and everything looked great. And no, then and then with the group. No, not great. And I will I wrote this down. If you go back and watch the reunion, Lexi is like, everything's fine and wonderful. And every time they cut to Ray, you can see in her eyes, uh-huh. I fucking hate you. <laughs> she's, she's like, help me. She, being held captive. Was, seriously, that's what it looked like. And the entire reunion show, every time they cut to Le- or, um, Ray, I was like, I bet you they're not together anymore. Ray does not look at all like she's on the yeah. same page. Well, I don't think Lexi was going to let that finger go. No. And, and that just ruined everything. If you get in that mindset and you won't let it go, there's no relationship to be had. Uh, so at the end of the reunion, it says, between the filming and the... Between the, the filming and the release, they Ray and Lexi broke up. That's there crazy. will be no wedding. So they're out. Yeah. So they're not so together. So then uh, Xander and Vanessa... Did not even the, get engaged at the beginning of the, the show. Or they, the end of the show. They, they weren't engaged at the end of the show. They had actually not spoken to yes. each other since the end of the but show. But there was like a an olive branch by both extended. That yeah. You, we want to be friends. But we can't work. Yeah. But, but it looked like Vanessa really wanted it to. And oh, and I think was like, Vanessa going. realized a lot on the show. Or she fucked up. Or she said... Hey, I watched this back, and I look like a horrible person. So, oh, yeah. so I need to say something think, to make myself look I think better. The difference between Vanessa and Lexi in the reunion is Vanessa watched this and said, "I look fucking horrible," and Lexi watched this and said, "Ah, I'm a good person. Everything that I said was good and wholesome and pure." <laughs> um, yeah, Lexi's just very dominating. Uh, okay, so. Then Ossie Lexi, and Sam. I just want to go back. Lexi reminds me of an ex of one of my siblings. And uh. it makes me anger. Anyway, go on. Um, Ossie and Sam. They, they, they were they're great. They're still together. Yeah, they're still together. As far as I can find, I, I scoured the internet after I watched the reunion to see where everybody is on this day, this I mean, exact day where we're talking. I mean, Aussie still wasn't going to introduce Sam to her family. No. But she hoped to one day get Yeah, there. someday they'll get there. But as far as I can tell, in all articles I can find, to this day, they are still together. And so Yoli and Mal. Who? That was some. Dad. You know what happened? Mal watched the show and said, Yoli, yeah. get out of my life. Yes. And then on top of that, the in the reunion, Finding out that after Yoli and Mal got engaged, that Yoli was still in contact with Xander. Yeah. See now that to me that's on to me that's on Yoli. That's not on Xander. I think that's on both. You know they got engaged and you're still reaching out to her? Now both of them. It's one of the. It's like that thing when you hear celebrities. Maybe they know something about the show that we don't know, and they got engaged in air quotes. It, you know, all what I mean? of it, everything in the show is in air quotes. <laughs> but just, just in society, we have this tendency when, um, uh, when women get cheated on in straight couples, that we tend to blame the other woman, and I feel like Xander is that guy in that where. Xander is just as at fault as Yoli. Xander kept reaching out. Xander kept getting involved in a relationship that he that she knew was they were trying to move yeah, forward. Yeah, she should have yeah. said should, she should have said away. you guys if it doesn't work let me know. Yeah, you know because I'm a lovey. So I get that, but then there's also this fighting for your woman kind of thing that maybe she was. Doing. Yeah, 
I, I don't. But I don't it was. That. It's the back and forth, and it's the. You know what it was? It was during the 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 um, that party where they all went to when Yoli said to Mao, "I'm I'm talking to Mildred, and I just need to go talk to Mildred." And then she ran over to Xander and yeah. Xander, and I was like, "That's the kind of person. That's 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 who you both are." Both of them for that. So, I yeah. Xander and Yoli, and I and after the reunion, and I heard all that. I Yoli or Xander sat back. And acted like, just, Xander reminds me of Forrest Gump, where you're all like- Is it the haircut? I don't know nothing what I'm talking about. I just know that Yoli came over and said hi to me. Life is like a box of Yolis. No, Xander, you're just as much to blame. And you act stupid, but you're just as much to blame. Anyway, <laughs> I just can't stand Xander. I am a- Well, you're not going to like my rankings. Oh, no! <laughs> That's all right. Well, we'll probably agree on the middle, and then our <laughs> other ends are flip flop. Um, so then we're at we're at Tiff and Mildred, which were like oh. the highlight of the reunion. Okay, first off, Mildred got arrested. I don't know where in between the show ending and the reunion, um, Tiff and Mildred went back and forth. Mildred got arrested, and then in there, Mildred was like just throwing shit at Tiff. And Tiff's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And Mildred's like, yeah, you you cheated on me. And you assassinated John F. Kennedy. And everything what was in it? the world is wrong. And you, you and you had a board game. Yeah. And like, you ordered sex toys. And she's like, what are you talking there about? Was, there was so much time and energy given to the fact that there was a board game and whether there was a board game or not. I'm like, well, who cares? I don't understand. But yes, Tiff specifically called it. She goes, you're totally gaslighting me right now. And I was like, you know what? I don't agree with your stance on dogs sleeping in beds, but you're absolutely right. You are getting gaslighted yeah. right now. And Mildred is like just fucking on another planet. Yeah. And 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 just sitting there as if as if no as, she's just like matter of fact she's like i don't know why you're so upset and then you're i a love total a horrible person and then i love that aussie goes um yeah sam, having lived with you yeah yeah i can see that this you're a little bit crazy sam and aussie jumping in um my first because it happened when vanessa was talking earlier in the reunion and yoli and mildred both jumped in and i'm like mind your fucking business mind your business when Sam and Aussie jumped in, I was like, yeah, you better fucking yeah. tell her. Yeah. So I'm cool. fine with you jumping in. All right. So how do you want to do this? Let's go through the rankings here. Okay. Let's start from the bottom up. Okay. We're going to talk about our worst. Worst person. Worst person? So I, you know that my, oh, we're totally going to disagree with this. So the Absolutely. last three of mine are uh -huh. interchangeable. Okay. Mine too. I will say prior to the reunion... Lexi was my worst. After the reunion, Yoli was my worst. Um, it's Vanessa. I don't buy into the story. I nope. don't buy into her narrative. Nope. Um, I'm fine with Vanessa. <laughs> <laughs> um, second worst. Lexi and Yoli are interchangeable. Uh, Mildred, them. for me. Oh, Mildred, yeah. She's Mildred bad. and Vanessa were, were interchangeable to me. Um, the other one in my bottom is Tiff. And it was the mm. solely the dog thing annoyed me so much that you would put this much emphasis and yell at Sam about this shit. And it's like, it's three weeks and you should have known better. She was a fighter too. 
Also, the resting bitch face. She just the angry Bruno Mars didn't get pissed. Yeah, th- I feel like she was a. Uh, she was like, I've got to argue every couple of days yeah. in a relationship. So also in the reunion, put the rest of your suit on. She's my fourth. I actually, you know what I was gonna say is I really like the way that she was dressed in the reunion. No, I no. Did. You got a vest on and you got trousers on. I need a shirt. I need a jacket. I need a it bow tie or a that, top. It reminds me of that 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 lady that used to work for Watermark that used to dress like me all the time. And here's, so I would wear oh, that. Here's the problem, though, is I'm trying to look up her age. Where is Tiff? There she is. She's 32. All right. Um, she dresses like what I would think like an early 20s lesbian would dress like. Dress to your age. You, you just It's too much. It's like put a normal suit on. Anyway. Well, I, I say wear what you wear what you want to wear. I don't yeah. care. You want to wear a sleeveless shirt yeah. and go out in public no at 80 years old. You Tiff, do if it. if you're watching, do not listen to Rick. You put a full suit on. Tiff, if you're watching, would you let me know where you're watching this? But if you're listening, <laughs> Did I say watching? Yeah, but if you're listening wear, wear whatever you want. There are cameras in here probably. <laughs> um, okay. So, so, so my Aussie was actually my third worse and then tiff really yeah. awesome but they're interchangeable those all four. right my bottom three lexi tiff and yola all right now my mid whom are okay the bottom three i have listed as and i'm using air quotes here because i don't know these people we don't know I, them no i don't you know, know if this is who they really can are. sit around and talk about based, how much how much who which one of us they hate more than the based other. on rick based on, <laughs> based on the tv show this is the category i have you three in. you're trash the next group is I. Why are you so stupid? Who are those? That is Xander, Vanessa, Aussie, and Mildred. Why are you so stupid? Oh yeah, those are none of mine. Who's your? Why are you so stupid? Um, he's your mid tier. Uh, uh, Yoli and Lexi, pretty much. Yoli, Lexi, okay. and Ray. Really? Yeah, just like come on, Ray. Ray, you know what? Ray got shit on Lexi. No, no, I, I'm is saying a gaslighter like, who shit on her. Right. So get out. Right. Yeah. Get out. And here's the difference between you and me. And maybe I shouldn't have done this. I gave a lot of concessions based on age. The two who were in their twenties, I was like, all right, I'm going to give you. Don't have as much life experience. I'm going to give you a little bit more leeway. That's Lexi and Ray. Lexi, full on is a gaslighter who's like, mommy and daddy gave me everything I want in life, so I want everything that I Did want. Did you get the sense that Lexi's mom wasn't buying into her bullshit either? Absolutely. <laughs> I got the sense that Lexi was she one was of those people girl. you see on Tiglift, or on um, Tiglift, Jesus, Woo. on TikTok, who's getting thrown off an airplane. Like, I get everything I want. <laughs> Lexi's getting thrown off. Ray is like, what? how did I get here? I have a lot of, I think Ray, I give a, Ray a lot of leeway based on her age and the fact that she doesn't know what she wants and she's been gaslit by Lexi for three years. Yeah, my like, what are you doing here, people? Or like, why Why are you doing this? Yeah. Like, yeah. You, you, you know, um, but the, you know, so then the people that I liked, I've got, I think there's three in the top three. I have three too, yes. I've got um, Sam, uh-huh. Xander, and Mal. Xander is in the mid-tier, and honestly, based on the reunion, almost down to the bottom tier. You know, too, you, you're acting a fool too much. You are trying to break up a, a relationship, and you're a terrible person. But I have Ray, Mal, and Sam in my top three. Yeah, Mal's kind of, Mal's the, I think in the, in the long run, Mal's the one I'm happiest for. 
Yeah, Mal's the one who, between the show and the reunion, said, what the fuck am I doing? What am I doing here? And is reevaluating herself and, and saying, you know what? I deserve happiness and I deserve a healthy relationship. And I think Mal is, is doing that. Sam, I was more proud of that from the beginning of the show to the end of the show, that she realized she needs to stand up for herself more. And she did. And I was like, good for you. I love that. I love yeah, that. I really like Sam. Yeah. Yeah, I was really happy for her. Oh, so I was happy for her. And um, I'm happy for her because she grew so much. Mm -hmm. But I'm happy for Mao because Mao didn't need to be in that relationship. Yeah. I was so happy when I found out they weren't together. And I was like, that's the best thing yeah. for you. Best thing. Let Xander and Yoli fuck themselves up. They're they're toxic. Mal, yeah. you you you, you as as uh, uh, Michelle Obama says, uh, you go high. I would. I wonder if in like six months, if you find out that Xander and Yoli are together, I would hope not. But I would have actually. I hope so. I just just so they can. Annoy I hope they're you together more. so the two of them are pulled off the market and don't fuck anyone else's life up. <laughs> I would love to find out that Mal is with someone who treats her good. Well, I would hope that they all were, I, but. You know what? Honestly, as it was going on, and Yoli just kept getting that smirk on her face, like, I do what I want. I kept wishing that Mal would have reached over and taken Vanessa's hand and say, we're not seeing each other. Take <laughs> <Like> that, Gallup <laughs> and, and Xander. Uh, you know, I believe, this is something I, I believe yeah. firmly, is that we're all crazy. And you just need to find your crazy You're in somebody right, else. Yeah. And so, so that's all. That's all. I well don't disagree with that. So, oh, look at that. We agreed at the end. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's one other thing that we just kind of want to go over. I know yeah. this is a very long uh, episode, um, but we're going to wrap up here shortly. I just know that, that um, we wanted to talk about the kinds of shows that we will be talking about. In the oh future. my God. Okay. So for those who don't know, let me pull my notes up here. Because there is currently, um, a few weeks ago, a writer strike happened in Hollywood. Um, along with that, a few days ago, an actor strike was put on top of that. This is the first time since 1980 that the writers and the actors' guilds, the, the unions, have been striking together. Um, in fact, there is it's an interesting joke I heard on NPR this morning um, that Stephen Wright, I think is his name. No, there was some comedian, I don't know, who said, how hilarious that of all the actors in Hollywood, Ronald Reagan is the only one working today. <laughs> uh, which cracked me up. So that was the last time both of these unions um, uh, strike together. So um, one of the things I wanted to talk about, because this will impact us as people who talk about media, um, there are certain things that the Actors Guild is allowed to do and certain things they're not allowed to do. And I thought this was very fascinating because in conjunction with the writer's strike, um, the things the actors are allowed to do, the writers aren't allowed to do. So I'm not sure how good they'll be. So with the writer's strike, or with the, I'm sorry, with the actor's strike, um, there is something called the Network Television Code that says what the actors are allowed to do based on network television guidelines and what they're not allowed to do based on the uh, acting, uh, uh, film, no, their film. So soap operas, there are currently three soap operas on still on television today. Those aren't gonna be impacted. Those actors are through another contract, so you'll be able to watch your soap operas. So maybe we could start watching some soap hmm. operas. 
game shows, variety shows, talk shows are all allowed. However, that's only allowed under the Actors Guild, not under the Writers Guild. So the actors can go on talk shows, they can go on game shows, they can go on variety shows. However, they will have nothing written for them. They also cannot talk about any projects that they are in. So what the fuck they're going to talk about. Right, and then but the host of the show needs writers. Right. So right. then they wouldn't have the show at all because so they don't have them now because no, of the writer strike. But there is, and apparently this happened in two thousand eight when the, the the last writer strike happened. Variety shows and talk shows came back, but they were all um, what's the word I'm looking for? Where you don't have a script. They're all improvised. All of them were just off the cuff improvised. Now, I think that would be hilarious with people like John uh, Stephen Colbert with John Stewart. Uh, John Oliver, who are really good off the cuff. Right. I think things like Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel are going to suck because I don't think those two are very good at improv. But that is the option. And the longer the writer strike goes on, I think the more likely it is they're going to come back and try to wing it. One thing that I find intriguing um, is live theater is a completely different contract. So actors, the longer this goes on and they need to make some money, they're going to start doing more live theater. That includes Broadway, but that also includes shit like coming to the Dr. Phillips Center here in Orlando or going to the Strass Center in Tampa or being a part of the Fringe Festival. So the longer this goes on, the more likely you are to see George Clooney and Brad Pitt do one-man shows at the Orlando Fringe Festival next year, which I think would be fucking crazy. I, I think they might be rich enough that they don't have to, but you might maybe. see, like... And maybe they're artistically drained. <laughs> but you might see Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy, God help us if Jimmy Fallon comes <laughs> to the Fringe um, But so you'll be seeing a lot more live theater with them. Um, also, um, something interesting is the Emmy Award nominations just came out. Under the Screen Actor Guild's agreement, they cannot promote themselves for awards and they can't go to award shows. So, and they can't vote. So like, if this doesn't get wrapped up quick, the Emmy Awards, best actor in a drama, best actress in a comedy is going to be voted on by like the best boy group. <laughs> the boy groups are all going to come together and be like, you know what? I really like that TikTok guy that I saw um, doing that stupid video. The most random people are going to be winning some Emmys this year if they don't get this wrapped up. Um, so that sounds fascinating. Yeah, it's it's intriguing for us. But but most importantly, um, we're going to have to do. We're going to have nothing to talk have, about. We're going to have live shows or reality TV. Yeah. And so if you did not like this last hour of us talking about Ultimatum, then you're going to want to you're going to push for this this strike to be yeah. over. Now, something that I thought was interesting that I've noticed over the weekend is influencers who are on social media and people who talk on podcasts. There's a lot of things that they can talk about and can't talk about. If the studio reaches out and says, hey, I want you to promote this movie because there's no promotion allowed. Um, the Screen Actors Guild has said influencers do not promote these, um, these movies and TV shows. If you do the likelihood of you being able to enter uh, the Screen Actors Guild or the the Actors Guild is highly unlikely. They won't even consider you. So for like us, we're talking on podcasts. If one of the studios reach out to us, and apparently the longer this strike goes on, the more likely they're to do this, will reach out to us and say, hey, we have a movie coming out. 
why don't you talk about it, review it, we'll send you a copy of the movie. You talk about it and say, hey, this movie's coming out, you should go see it. Apparently, if you and I do that, we can't be actors. We will not. We will be shunned. We will be called what they call scabs, ah. where we crossed the picket line and we took jobs that these actors and writers that were supposed to have, we took them while they were in the middle of the strike. So, um, as far as for us, I would like, and we'll see how this goes. The longer it goes, if we get a call, I I don't know what will happen. But I will say that I would uh, I would think that we would um, we would stand with the writers and the actors. <laughs> And that no matter how much money was thrown our way, <laughs> that we will not be talking about uh, productions and movies and TV shows um, that go against either one of the unions. So um, get ready for a lot of documentaries, a lot of reality shows, and a lot of reality shows. Or, I'm sorry, independent films. Independent yeah. studios are separate from this. And we might go back and talk about LGBT characters in... in, in Everything in, in the past like is... Frasier and all that stuff. Everything in the past, you, yeah. We're going to be talking decade by decade. First, what happened in the 70s. Um, the only other difference uh, or that you'll notice is this is only in the U.S. Unions outside of the U.S. have different rules. So things like uh, House of the Dragons, season two currently filming in England. It's going to continue filming because union roles are different in England. So there, uh, there'll be a lot of foreign, mm. uh, foreign stuff, British, French, Asian, African, Australian, Middle Eastern. You mean Aussie? Aussie. <laughs> um, Pacific Islander. Well, we're, uh, I'm interested to see how it goes. Yeah. And so uh, keep listening to us to see what, what we get to cover. If you uh, have anything you want to suggest to us, send us an email at www.in at watermarkonline.com. Yes. And until then, the cork is back in the bottle.